John with the Ubali Report. We're going live with this podcast, which is streaming on Restream. What was it Twitch? Yeah, we're on Twitch. We're on Facebook Twi- Live. And Facebook Live. We're, and we're working on YouTube. And we're working on YouTube. But we're also on TikTok. YouTube is really like whatever. They're not 100% sure about information. And you should see some of the crap YouTube puts out there. No, they do. And that's what the problem is. They, if you say something about vaccine mandate that you're not in favor of mandatory, they're going to boot you off. You want to like, know something, John? I, I got to stop you right there. You didn't introduce me yet. Oh, my, <laughs> my, my mistake. My co-host is my good friend, Joe Bitts, who is a retired Marine, been wounded in Iraq because he stepped on something he shouldn't have stepped on. I I went the wrong way. He went the wrong way. He should have zigged when he should have zagged. But he's doing all right. But he's a good friend. He brings a lot of plethora of information to let people know and kind of inform everybody. So Yeah. So, yeah, we were talking about, let's see. Well, we were talking about the vaccine mandates, and well, at least something on YouTube. If you mention something yeah, yeah, yeah. that is anti-pro-vaccine or... Which I don't understand, because the, the, the VAERS report came out, and they're saying like over 900 cases of, re- I guess, not side effects or adverse reactions to it. I don't know, even like 16,000 deaths from the vaccine. But they're not, I mean, and those are the accurate, those are the numbers that they're reporting, not the numbers they're not reporting. Well, but see, I would like to know is, what not, how are they getting these numbers? Or is this accurate reporting? Or is just like weeks ago, they had all these hospitalizations, they classified as COVID, yeah. when in fact that it wasn't COVID, they were hospitalized for something other than the coronavirus. And now the, it's kind of, are we coming back into, we're kind of coming into flu season again, aren't we? Yeah, we're getting into the fall. Cold and flu season's coming up. Okay, Christmas. Do you think like, you know, January, like, you know, ball drops January 1st, 2022, and like, no more COVID? I don't know. I mean, I mean that's what they kept on. They, I mean, it's almost like they predicted this. Like in 2020, they're like, yeah, we think it's going to be over about 2022. And I think they're just kind of maybe the, now they're just kind of like milking it. They're just like stretching it along. But like, all right, well, we said 2022 and we don't look like a bunch of jackasses. So why don't we just keep it going? Well, that's, Florida, Florida's got the lowest numbers of the entire country, of the, of the lower 48. Florida has the lowest cases. It's just this whole thing is all jacked up, like even with the vaccine mandates. It's just ironic that they mandate everybody must have the vaccine or you'll lose your job or you'll be punished or whatever the reason. But then we allowed two million illegal immigrants to cross the border. The Customs and Border Patrol stated they arrested 1.7 million through fiscal year 2020, uh, excuse me, 2021. Now, I did want to talk about that. The vice president is stumping for somebody in Virginia. Oh, he, she's stumping for Terry McAuliffe. Okay. Who's that? He used to be the former governor of Virginia, and I believe he used to be the DNC chair. He's intricately related to the Clintons and and the Obamas. So he wants his old job back. And But the race is extremely close. Last polls yesterday had it. Dead even. I mean, literally 46 for one, 46 for uh, the Republican challenger. Okay. And what's going to happen if 
He loses. We just is that is that, how is that going to benefit? Well, they're the, looking at this as a bellwether that oh oh the country or yeah, the, the this state. Is, this, so like twenty twenty two. But see, the thing is, what people don't realize is A. B. Stoddard, who is a, a columnist analyst for I think believe the Associated Press, she wrote a column last week stating, if Terry McAuliffe wins, the Democrats are going to say this is they are they they accepted our policies. If dem if the Democrats lose the race, yeah, then they could say this is this is a bellwether. It's going to mean something. But what she boasts, but even if she if Terry McAuliffe wins, she still says it's a loss for the Democrats because Virginia went ten points for Joe Biden. Yeah. So this race, what she said, shouldn't even be close at all. Yeah, it should be Joe Biden. Well, it should be Terry McAuliffe. He should have won that put this away weeks ago. Okay. But when he's neck and neck with um, Youngkin, I can't think, I never remember his first name, but he's neck and neck with Youngkin, mm -hmm. and Youngkin already closed three percentage points to make it dead even. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with education is the key issue. They're, each side is nationalizing it. Terry McAuliffe is bringing up the Texas abortion law, trying to wrap that around Yunkin. Mm -hmm. He's tying Yunkin to Donald Trump. What Yunkin is doing is tying everything to education, the economy, the Biden administration, all these things. So, And that race is the November the 2nd, so we'll have to see how that goes. I still believe what A.B. Stoddard says. If it, if it is close, Terry McAuliffe wins it, even by a couple percentage points. It just shows that people are still unpopular with the Democratic policies. And, you know, what's going, been going on as of late, well, since uh, the Biden administration kind of kicked in in January, people aren't happy. No, they're not. Because when Joe Biden won the race, people voted for Joe Biden because they were tired of the rhetoric that came from Donald Trump. They just wanted it to go away. Mm -hmm. So Joe Biden campaigned as a moderate. I can bring stability. I'm the... The grown-up in the room. Yeah. And as soon as he got elected and was inaugurated, he went right to the progressive ideology. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing, I mean, think about this. His strength with his competence. Yeah. I'm competent to solve your problems. And he's not. But then you have the crisis at the border. You have the, the biggest thing that really opened American people's eyes was the debacle in Afghanistan. Now— Oh, with everything going on, did did Trump have like a, a similar kind of debacle in the beginning of his presidency? Or did he kind of just like... Trump's problem was when he first got started, he didn't have his team in place and he kind of stumbled. He went through a couple of chief of staff until he settled on General um, John Kelly. Okay. So he had fits and starts, but nothing to this level. Yeah. It was more on the procedure level, less on the policy level. But Joe Biden, the, the debacle in Afghanistan really opened it up. And then he made so many mistake, outright falsehoods yeah. that people are like, what the heck is going on? Mm -hmm. So that just carried over to the border. Yeah. It's really carried over to the economy. That's what America, I think people can get by the debacle in foreign policy, especially like Afghanistan. People can't, will not forgive you on the economy. Mm -hmm. When they see, I mean, you. You shop, I shop, your wife shops for groceries. Now, is price going up because lack of, or is price going up to kind of like supply and demand? Well, there's a, it's there's 
two parts to, to that. Once the economy shut down, all production facilities shut down. Mm-hmm. Then they ramped them up when the economy reopened. Once you shut something down, yeah. it takes time to reopen it. Mm-hmm. So that was one factor. Then you have disruptions in China and Vietnam where a lot of the um, manufacturing or supply chains are located. Yeah. Then you have the other um, fundamental aspect is – some people may not want to go back to work because of childcare issues or they're afraid of getting COVID. But the other thing is But I think the whole COVID thing is now just an excuse. Yeah, I, th- I but think I mean, like but that's the people but, the people that were concerned about it now that they have their vaccines and are wearing masks and they're still maybe abiding by COVID protocol, they're the ones that are not in uproar because of the vaccine mandate and all that kind of stuff like that. I think that is like I think they're cool. I think everybody else after that is going to be like. Well, that's one of the reasons. But the other reason is policies that emanate from Joe Biden. Like when they extended, I know it started under Trump, but they wanted to end it in the spring. The last stimulus was a late winter when you have extended unemployment, which just ended in September. But then you got all the other benefits, federal housing Uh, credits you have child tax credit all these other things pay people more to stay home than go out and work then you have the energy crisis joe biden the first thing he did was end the keystone xl pipeline he's done everything and his administration has done everything to end the fossil fuel industry one of the things they're doing is getting the federal reserve the the federalized banks and credit unions not to loan to the fossil fuel industry. Why? So, why? 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 Why, they, why is that when, okay, it, it doesn't make sense. They're like, hey, OPEC, give us more oil. But then they're like, hey, oil companies over here, we're not going to do business with you. Well, that's the you. point. That doesn't make sense either. It's like you're telling the American energy sector, don't pump oil. We're going to ruin you. But then we're telling OPEC to pump more oil. And Russia's part of that. Russia's not part of OPEC, but they caucus with OPEC. Is it kind of like the whole pri- by proxy kind of narrative? Okay, so like, so you have Tesla, and Tesla has like these batteries, and they they have deemed that get the carbon emissions to get these batteries is no better than driving a car that consumes regular gasoline at I don't know a hundred and fifty years. I, I I might be like over yeah state yeah okay okay I might be overstating, but. I know it's it's a lot, or it's it's very close to comparing to the actual consumption of an actual car. So, but the way they the way Tesla kind of gets around it is like, well, our company doesn't do that. Our company hires a company that uses another company to get the material that we need. So, inadvertently, that has nothing to do with us. Well, but that's like California. California has said that we have low greenhouse emissions but when they um, import 35 to 40 percent of their energy needs from other states Mm -hmm. so those greenhouse gases are not counted in california yeah they're counted in the state that it originated from okay so really is that reducing greenhouse gases no no no, not at all but you're not counting it and that's what california is doing well but then also so here's like the the Biden by, you know, by proxy is that they're saying, okay, well, we need oil, 
But as long as another country is giving us the oil, then technically America is not causing those emissions. Is that what yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, it's basically what I'm saying. Where where's the audacity in saying, okay, where's the here's the go around and that means we're we're cool. But see, but when they use other countries like in OPEC or especially like in Russia, yeah. those countries aren't fire following the environmental standards that we're so accustomed to that we have here. Their standards are lower. It's just like when they talk about China's is horrible. Yeah, but when they talk about like batteries mm-hmm. for wind and solar, batteries are not recyclable. So you got to get batteries. And if we ramp up the battery production, where are they coming from? Zinc and um, all the other rare minerals come from other countries. And one of those countries is the Congo. Do you think the Congo is going to adhere to environmental regulations? They have child labor. Child, you know, kids doing that, some of the mining. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's just a, a mess. Well, it, no, it's complete and utter mess. And it just seems like it's just getting worse. And I'm just trying to think, is there, is there, it almost seems like maybe like a bait and switch is the best thing I can, I can kind of think of it. Or it's just like. Maybe they want to be like, hey, this is how worse it's going to get. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, look, it's better. Because, okay, just the beginning of the of the week, New York Times came out with an article saying, oh, you just have to lower your expectations of, you do? Uh, of what's going on. Um, are you okay with that? Yeah, it's just, and, and people aren't. Here's one of the questions. No, no, no. I'm saying, are you okay with lowering your expectations? No. Okay. I'm not. Because if if you are, I have a whole bunch of equipment we can just kind of reduce down to and kind of just do a bare bones podcast no, if you and want. It's just a mess. Like, here's one of the questions going back to the the, the environment one from, I think, Matt. Was it AR? Matt. Well, okay, Matt. He says, how can China produce lead more eco-friendly than the U.S.? And he says, I've seen empty seen the empty lead mines in the Missouri. Uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, I'm sorry. It's Maddie. My mistake. Thanks for the clarification, Maddie. But the thing I would say is, I mean, I have to do some research on that, but they're, on every other environmental issue, yeah. China is not more eco-friendly than the United States. They're worse than we are. We have certain environmental standards that far exceed China. So what would be a good question for Maddie is what are they doing with the, with those empty lead mine or lead yeah the yeah, lead mine? I would like to know that, and that's something I would do some research on to well, double check. I don't think Maddie can hear me just yet. If you want to repeat it back, yeah, but I mean, I would like to know if Maddie can let us know what are they doing. He he did respond; they're doing nothing. Yeah, but I would do I would for Maddie's sake I would do some research on that. But I mean, on everything else. Their China is environmental is just a, horrendous. Yeah. And we're doing everything we can to placate them at the expense of other issues. Now, it's like, okay, so you heard of Wish, right? Wish. Wish. It's a, it's a, it's an actual company that provides, I guess, in a sense, it's Chinese garbage. Uh, a lot of the stuff that is made in China, and then they have, like, some the overflow. And then this overflow, like, uh, you can, okay, so we use an ACOG in the Marine Corps. Well, they have their version of the ACOG. If you go to the local gun sh- gun store and look for an ACOG, you're paying about anywhere between twelve to fifteen hundred dollars. But if you go on Wish dot com, oh, you told me about that. You yeah. get it far cheaper. Well, you get it for like a hundred bucks. And the thing is, is basically what I think the premise is is that China can do it cheaper. 
And what they do is that they find the stuff, they reverse engineer it, they make it their own. Well, but that's like with the that's one thing they do do. They take something that we spent yeah the money to get to get the fine tune port. I mean the fine tune. They we spend the money to develop that product. They yeah. just look at it, make a tweak, and undercut it. Yeah, that's what they do with um, pharmaceutical medicines. Mm-hmm. We spend the billions to perfect it. They just tweak it, get the formula, and sell it at far cheaper price than we do. So, but with the capability that they have, they can also, I guess, maybe they could definitely undercut us. Oh yeah, they're doing that, and I think that's what Wish is actually doing. Which is give, kind of providing you the same products that you can buy somewhere else, except they're undercutting you by saying, "Hey, now you can get this thing for like you know two dollars versus paying eighteen dollars." I got well, like I got an entire transformer set for my son, or it's like it was for me, and then my son took it over. But um, the thing was huge, and it was like fifty bucks. Well, Apple, the Apple phone, yeah. Apple spends billions to to produce that phone. China gets parts of it because remember, when you do business in China, they want your intellectual property. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't do business, and these companies give it up. So, Maddie was talking about the quality control with the lead mines in Missouri as well. So, but I mean, it's it's probably easy to say that the quality control over in China is they don't give a crap. I would definitely agree with that one. Yeah. But this is something that Maddie gives me something to look up. Now, the supply chain disruption, we talked about it a little bit last week that never aired. Yeah, but, we had some mistakes on that podcast. Hey, it was our fourth time going live, but we have new software. But, so we had a supply chain disruption. Is that, you know, the lack of supplies, is that what's costing prices for other things to go up? Well, that's yes. When you have, when like I said earlier, when the economy shut down, everybody couldn't spend any money because mm-hmm. they had nothing to spend it on, and then everybody started doing buying everything online. When the economy ramped up, that's when production ramped up, mm-hmm. but demand far outstripped supply. So basically, supply and demand. And then we 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 really realized our supply chains were located in Asian countries like China. Yeah. Okay, so now, fast forward to now, then the Biden administration comes along. And not everything is Joe Biden's fault. Yeah. It's just a, a perfect storm. But then when he came in, he exacerbated the problem by doing these federal unemployment benefits that ran out, all the other federal programs that, go, that are not tied to you got to go out and get a job. So, all right, I have a friend. And we were working with like some shipping and she was like doing some investigation on like a shipping stuff from the United States, like overseas. And some of the order was for like chicken. I mean, do we do we sell cold products or stuff like chicken and beef? Do we does it go? Does it leave the country? No, we do. So like pork, we sell a lot of pork to China. Okay. So if we're having a shortage on certain things, why don't they just say like, uh, let's hold back and let's just redirect it over to us? But you also have some issues here. Like one of the the things they're having now is John Deere. Yeah. John Deere went on strike. They're represented by the United Auto Workers. But is that a supply thing or is that just well, I'm not but, getting but, paid enough? Okay, thing? but here's the thing. They went to a contract. 
John Deere was going to give them five to 6% raises, add some money to their bonuses, give them better benefits because now they realize these companies need workers and they can't get enough workers. I've talked to people in the supply chain system and they said, no matter where we are, we cannot get enough workers to handle all the demand that we need. So when John Deere went on strike, a lot of the parts the farmers use to cultivate their crops. Now it's October. A lot of farmers are cultivating their crops. So their equipment goes down, but they can't get the spare part to fix that equipment. So that drives up the cost. Yeah. Then you have energy costs. You have truckers that go down to the market or to the farmers, get their product, bring it to the, their, um, the mills, wherever they go to, and then get it out to the grocery stores. Yeah. There's a, prior to the pandemic, there was a shortage of truckers with the average age 55 years old. And the average age for someone entering the trucking industry is 38. You should be a truck driver. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Doesn't cost money. You just learn how to, you just drive one and go. But well, so, so all the, this factors in. But with the demand for truck drivers, I mean, has that increased? We do know that the truck drivers are kind of like the ones that are, they make a good claim of saying they're the ones feeding America. You shut the trucks down. We go hungry. What are they doing to producing more truck drivers? Or do they even have enough trucks to kind of keep up? Because they have enough trucks. The other problem they have, and this is at the state level, each state is different. Like if you're 18, 19 years old, you can drive a truck inside the states Mm -hmm. of where you're operating. But you can't cross some of those state boundaries because you need to be 21. So they're looking at doing that. The other thing is the bottleneck to get your license. You can graduate from trucking school, yeah. but then it takes you another couple months to actually get your license. So they're trying to fix that. The other problem we're having is the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Just last week, I found out that he was on a two-month maternity leave because he and his husband adopted two children. Then the other thing you have is they never confirmed a deputy. So when he was gone for two months, nobody could act on his behalf. He has the constitutional authority to sign certain things, reject certain things, or move certain things. And he's been gone for two months. So, And this, was not writ- this isn't written by any conservative. This was by Politico, yeah. which is a left-leaning news outlet that admonished him. Where are you at? Why aren't you working? This is your job. Hey, there's bonding time with them and that baby, John. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot. And then we talked about the energy um, issues and all the regulations that are coming down from Washington. Mm -hmm. It just then you have the spending when they passed the stimulus back in the late winter that the Federal Reserve of Atlanta just recently announced that also coincided or at least helped fuel inflation. And even Larry Summers who was the Treasury Secretary for Bill Clinton and was a senior economic advisor for Barack Obama, he had mentioned the same thing, that this prolific spending is going to fuel inflation. That's why he was attacked by his own party, and he was even against all this spending now. Because all we're doing is weakening the dollar, but making prices more expensive. The previous presidents were very quick to speak up when Donald Trump kind of stepped a little bit left or right outside the line. Where are the presidents now? It's still the same thing. They, When it was Donald Trump, they had a lot to say. Now that it's Joe Biden, they've been eerily quiet. 
I mean, George W. Bush hasn't said anything. Bill Clinton hasn't said anything. Barack Obama hasn't said anything. Uh, was that, is this just going to put fuel on a fire, though, if they say something, you think? Well, but the, the thing is, it's if you're... If you're going to speak out, you can't just speak out only against the other side. Like when they say Donald Trump's the threat to democracy, Donald Trump doesn't control the media. Donald Trump didn't weaponize the DOJ. Donald Trump didn't have the IRS conduct or refuse to acknowledge or confirm conservative. They went after conservative nonprofits. Okay, so... um... Maddie brings up a good point, but I'll just kind of add on to it where, so Governor DeSantis is opening up, I think, the port in Jacksonville, uh, Florida, and to get more, to kind of maybe relieve some of the uh, disruption. Now, what about other states along you know, the West Coast, like Oregon and uh, Washington. Have we seen anything from them? Or I'm just- not sure so much in Oregon. Seattle has a good big port facility, but I think the larger port facility is... So I'll tell you where the large... Okay, large, but hold on. But I'll tell large, you where the large port facilities are. I worked with it all, all year last year. Okay, but the larger one where 40% of our container comes through is Long Beach and Los Angeles because of the close proximity mm-hmm. to Asia. Now... Maddie mentions, and I think he's correct. Florida really isn't an option, but it's something to. Kind I mean, it's of something, re- but you're talking. The- yeah, but you're talking about the distance. Yeah, it's shorter to go to the West Coast than it is to come around Africa to but Florida. So, but and something Flo- we should touch on. Okay, so I'm dealing with all these major ports, Los Angeles or is one or California is one of them. Another one was Louisiana. Another was New York. And then we had Miami. So, uh, but I mean- but the, you got to remember, Joe, a lot of our our supply chains are on the are in the Asian markets. Okay, and then you got to look at the harbors. Okay, now I get it. Okay, but then you got to look. Okay, take Tampa. Tampa has a good, decent sized port facility, but it it can't handle some of the super tankers. Remember the Sky Bridge; they have the tankers would have to get under the Sky Bridge to get to the port of Tampa. Mm-hmm. And a lot of tankers are too big or, I mean, too high to get underneath that. Any chance that we're trying to find a new route to China that we might, I don't know, discover a new country or something? Well, or, is that, like, or is that done? Well, it's, yeah, I think that's done. <laughs> but I mean, like you have to go through the Panama Canal. It just, yeah. I think his first point that he made is costs. And then you have to have the facilities to, to store all that those containers and then get them out. So if we're in a business or if we're in the wrong business, shipping or logistics is like the business to be in. So one of those shipping containers on average is like $30,000 just to fill and ship and get it over to where you need to get now, it. Now, the other thing that nobody talks about, they, and Trump brought this up, is moving the supply chain closer to the United States whether that's in Mexico, South America, Central America. But the other thing in the United States, you don't set up a manufacturing plant in California, yeah. Oregon, or Washington. You don't set one up in the Northeast. It's always in the South, Southwest, I mean, Southwest, Southeast, or in the Midwest. But even in these areas, you've got high environmental costs, business costs, legal costs, 
everybody focuses on the cheap labor in China, which that is. Mm-hmm. But you've got the, a lot of these states are so anti-business friendly. Like take California. California is the largest auto buying state in the union, but it doesn't manufacture any cars. The yeah. Fremont plant used to have used to be the Toyota plant till it closed because it, their costs were going up and they moved to Texas. Uh-huh. Then Tesla took over where Toyota was and they went through the same thing. They're like, we're not, we're done. We're moving to, to Austin, Texas. Yeah. So a lot of these things you have to look at is each state puts this enormous burden on manufacturers. We should produce in all these things in this country, mm-hmm. if not a close proximity to the United States. So a couple of things. One thing that kind of came across when I was doing some stuff this week was, so Canada, I think they made it like a finable offense if you say, let's go Biden. So if you say, let's go Biden, and I guess like, or you start the chant, or it's just like the... You can get fined for your speech in Canada if you say, let's go Biden. Now, the question I have here is, what is it any of their business? You know, I don't understand. Like, they're just kind of like, they're just sticking their nose into something. Canada will do what Canada wants. They have a left-leading progressive prime minister. Of course, but guess what? The the, the border ends at Canada. So, But here's another thing that's ish, it's an ish, issue. Why are they con- so, so concerned about what we want to – how we want to disparage our president yeah, if but we see, do? But I would think Canada would be upset. Until recently, the border with Canada was closed Yeah. until you were vaccinated. Well, Canada has a 70% – vaccination rate among the citizens, but they were denied access into America. So maybe they're just okay, brown okay, nosing then. Go to the U.S. southern border. The Customs and Border Patrol yesterday came out with that 1.7 million illegal migrants were apprehended at the U.S. southern border. That was the highest number on record since 1986. So why that? It's just like when we talked earlier about vaccinations. Yeah. I mean, I got vaccinated. You said you got vaccinated. I, but when I don't you, like that being known. Here. Okay, but when you mandate, everybody must be vaccinated. Okay, yeah. let's just go with that. Why is it you're mandated to be vaccinated, but the post office is exempt, Congress, con- congressional members and their staff are exempt, and then the 1.7 million they did apprehend, they're exempt, and a lot of them, percentage-wise, have the coronavirus, and all they're doing is dispersing them out throughout the country. So with the post office, I think there's more, I would think it leans a little bit more conservative than it does. The liberal. post office? Yes. I think the post office, but look, I mean, when we, we there was, okay, so there's there's the union, and they, what the union wanted you to do during one of their conventions is canvas the area where they want you to talk about the upcoming president and why it's important that you vote for her to keep the union going and uh, a good majority of those people that were there out outright refused i'm I'm not going to do that i would think and then if the election tells us anything at least 50 percent of the population now would think go for the post office would have you know conservatives so let's just take a fraction of those let's just like 25 percent, maybe even 10 or let's take about i'd say 10 percent if you took 10% 
that straight out refused to take the vaccine because you made it mandatory, and he just walked out. He either took the retirement well, but, or something. They would, it, John, it would cripple the post office well, just it, just that much. I mean, we, we if we have if we have more than ten people call out, you know, somebody's route's not getting done. Well, but here's the point that Maddie brings up a question, a point. He goes. They seem to forget we have the right to refuse anything that goes into our bodies. Yes. Now, if you take the abortion debate, they make that sound like it's my body, my choice. Mm -hmm. Why is it that I'm I'm told I have to inject this vaccine into my body so I don't have my voice, my choice? I think it's – I honestly think it's a money thing where – Okay, I was kind of thinking about this, and I'm not trying to get, like, little wishy-washy or conspiracy theory – but what I think is that the government purchased all these, all these vaccines. They said, "Here's the money for the vaccines. Everybody needs. We need you to make enough money, or you, we need you to make enough vaccines for everybody in the United States because we want them to get a vaccine." So here comes Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, and they write a big, you know, the government writes a big old check to them, and they're like, "All right, well here they are," and then all people are like, "I don't want that." So basically half the money that you provided for these companies to produce a vaccine, all of a sudden the popular more than I think about 40% of the popular United States population doesn't want the vaccine. Well, so that's all that money wasted on, well, the, on these the companies. Po- why, why wouldn't you push it? But see, that's a good point. I'm not going to deny that's a plausible answer until I have more facts to back that up, but four viewers. Okay. But here's the other point. During last month, Joe Biden Bought, I think I'm not sure the numbers. I know it's millions of booster shots, mm-hmm. and said so this is gonna. And he was gonna unleash, un, um, unveil it. Everybody can start taking the booster shots on the 20th until the um, advisory board at the Food and Drug Administration said, no, 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 we're not recommending. We need more tests, but yeah. we'll do recommend booster shots for those 65 years or older or have. An immune deficiency. Mm-hmm. So maybe your your point's well taken that what did they do with all those millions of booster shops they couldn't use? I would think the booster shot is just, I don't know, the second dose because that's all it is is like you're taking the normal dose, you're breaking it up over two. I guess the, the Johnson & Johnson was a little bit different, whatever. I, I just think the government sees a whole, a, a, an opportunity. No, they, they saw the opportunity to get these sh- – all of a sudden, not a lot of people want them. And then they're like, okay, well, you, we have to make it mandatory yeah, but, now. But even that. I think they're afraid of losing money or, you know. But even that. If you go back last year during the campaign, then uh, Senator Kamala Harris stated, if Donald Trump recommends the boost, I mean, recommends the vaccine, I'm not taking it. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden said the exact same thing. Why all of a sudden now... They're in favor of it. So we are going a little bit long. We can go longer if you want. I think we're kind of no, but I mean, but here's a well, we got like thirty. We already got thirty five minutes on the clock. Okay, but if you want to take it to forty five, let's just do it a few more minutes. But here's what Maddie said: medical records are protected as a vax card is private information. So we're telling people to release private information so everybody can see it. And what the government is doing is if they can't do it legally, they're having private business be the be the dirty one. Yeah. Be the the enforcer of the things that they can't do. Well, 
Also, the fact. So you heard about there? Okay, In and Out Burger. I don't know. Have you ever had the uh, honor of eating at an In and Out Burger? Yeah, Joe. I do get out. I, yes, no, no. I, I'm just saying. Well, In and Out is over in California. No, no. I've eaten. I think. At, the, I think the closest one you will get to is in Texas. If we want to go. No, to I've eaten at In and Out Burger okay. in California. So, San Francisco closed down an In and Out Burger because the owner or the person that owns In and Out says they weren't asking people to see their vaccination cards as upon entering the building. And she's like, I'm not going to do that. And then they, so they're like, okay, we're, we're going to shut you down. I mean, th- that kind of author, uh, authoritarian kind of mindset is kind of, well, but see, that's what they're doing with the tech industry in a way that both Republicans and Democrats despise the tech industry for different reasons. The, the Republicans despise them for, silencing conservative voices. Democrats despise the tech companies because of, what do you call it? They don't want to stop misinformation. Define what misinformation is. Yeah. Anything that they goes against what they believe, they're against. That's misinformation. Let the public make that determination so they know they can't stifle free speech because the First Amendment forbids that. But they allow private companies to do their dirty work, and it's just—I just think it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's beyond pale. And I think Americans need to stand up and affirm what their rights are. Yeah. So we, we had a couple there. Let's see. So we had. Well, yeah. the last thing we didn't touch on—it just had to bring it up—is where we're at on the. The $3.5 trillion spending plan they want to do. Where are we? I thought it was kind of like, is it dead in the water yet? Well, they're trying to revive it. Joe Biden a couple days ago said he's going to move it down from 3.5 to 1.7 to $2 trillion. And they want to adjust some of the things like the progressive chair emeritus, a congressman from Wisconsin. I think it's pronounced Pascon, if I pronounced it right. He, I was watching an interview he gave yesterday, and he stated... Well, what we're going to do is we're going to have these programs and we're going to just fund it for five, a couple of years and see if it works. But the problem is that he needs to ask is once these programs get instituted or become law, you're never going to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Never. And it's just going to be an ongoing spending that's just going to break the bank of the United States. Well, you heard what Nancy Pelosi had a press conference and one of the reporters was like, what do you think is kind of stifling or holding up the this bill? And she just outright pointed her finger, and says, "You, I think the media should be pushing this more. They're they're actually they're literally using the media now. It's an open conversation between the two of them on how to push their agenda, and the media is like wide open. Yeah, but see, this she said that he goes, the media needs to do a better job of selling this. The problem is nobody at that press conference stood up and said, well, S- Speaker Pelosi, do you know that that's not the job of the media? Yeah. If you're not, if we're not here to sell your program. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to sell your program. We're supposed to just report on that program. So it's, it's just, it's ludicrous that she even suggested that. It's 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 weird. I mean, but yeah. the media just, but the media just does 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 their bidding. Yeah. 
That's going to be some great podcasting right there. His daughter, just so you know, his daughter walked in and wanted a hug. Yeah. She'll lock the door. Why don't I lock the door? It's funny, though, because she the door's locked. She'll pound on the door. No one answers. So her little mind goes, pound on it harder. So let's go about like five more minutes in. Yeah. I mean, we do think so. I do appreciate the comments from, from Maddie. Good points that he brings up. Gives us something to think about on a lot of these things. If everybody else has any comments or questions, put them on the, type it in and we'll try to answer them or at least have a discussion about it. Yeah. Know who's else watching, John? My mom. Yeah. <laughs> Big Joe's mom is watching this. So hello to <laughs> Mrs. Joe Bits. <laughs> So, what do we got looking forward to? You know, uh, what's going on coming down? Well, we're coming up on a weekend here. Up on the weekend. I would think the big thing is, this is the first, okay, next weekend is Halloween. Yeah. And when we talk about the supply chain, just from the grocery store, Halloween falls on a Saturday. So, I think this weekend, people are really going to go into- I need to get candy. Well, they're going to get candy, but they're going to have parties- in advance because it's on a Saturday. So people are going to start to see the higher prices. And then as they go into November, they're going to stop probably shopping early for their big ticket items like their meats, yeah. their turkeys, roast hams, whatever they're going to do. And I think that's when people are going to see the really high prices. Well, I mean, Christmas and Thanksgiving coming up too. We're just very fortunate. Like we're not recycling costumes, but you know, we have some good friends that are using, we're going to use one of their costumes that my son wants to be. You know, my wife got the, like one of the last costumes at Target. So I think we're going to start seeing like a, a squeeze. But, you know, when I was talking to someone the other day, she mentioned that, you know, maybe they need this. Maybe they need like a, a really crappy Christmas or a Christmas that doesn't have a lot of gifts or things because the kids nowadays didn't even notice them when they were getting a lot of them and now you know with christmas coming up and there might be a disruption or there is a disruption in the supply chain and there's going to be disruption to some stuff all of a sudden they're going to be like hey where's all my stuff and you know you could just like you know as a parent you could be like look this is kind of know this is what happens when Stuff like you know, stuff like this in our country is not well. The one on the thing, right path. the one thing I would like to know, and this is for our listeners as well, is when you go to the grocery store because of the higher prices, are you having to alter your shopping? Like maybe you buy in bulk, maybe you maybe not get that high end product. You go to more of a lesser brand. Are you saying for the holidays or just in general? Well, just in general. But as we get into the holidays, how are you going to adjust your holiday plans to with the rising cost of inflation, the rising cost of prices, the rising cost of everything? I went and got my truck uh, serviced yesterday at Toyota. Yeah. And there was hardly any cars in the lot. There's very few used cars. I didn't see a big used car lot. That was pretty much empty because they can't get the parts. They can't get the product. So that's in the car, the um, auto industry. But what about everybody else? Is everybody having to adjust their holidays or their potential holiday plans to reflect this new reality? Because this supply chain woes aren't going to end in the next day or two. 
This is going to carry on into next year yeah. and into next summer. So, so it's not really looking good for the Biden administration. No, but I mean, I would just... What can he do, though? I mean, what, like, what can he possibly do to just make this... Well, there's no easy fix. Yeah. One of the things they need to do is, from the, ener- from, but from the energy side, they need to stop demonizing the fossil fuel industry well, and realize as we were energy independent before. I'm mostly focused on like the supply chain. What's, like, what, what's their... Well, but there's, there's long-term things they can do. They could make this country more business-friendly. Look what they're doing with the, the $3.5 trillion spending plan. If that stays in, they want to raise the corporate tax, raise the individual tax, raise a lot of taxes to pay for their spending. This is reminiscent of what Franklin Roosevelt did in the height of the Great Depression. By 1935, the nation got all its gains back from the, the crash. He went into... Let's raise all the taxes. And what it did by 1937, we hit a second Great Depression. Mm-hmm. We went from 13 to 14% unemployment down to um, 20% and stayed like that to the early stages of World War II. Yeah. All right, John. So why don't we go ahead and tell them where they can get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us at Ubaldi Reports at gmail.com. That's Ubaldi Reports at gmail.com. And when's the last time you checked that email? I got to check that just so I'll let you know. But that's <laughs> there could be like a thousand people in there. Yeah, okay. But then you can go to our social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And what's our favorite right now? Our biggest one is TikTok. Yeah, we got like, there's we have about three or four times as many people watching us or looking at us on TikTok than we do at any other social media platform. Yeah, I mean, I only started TikTok about six weeks ago, and we already got almost 2,300 followers. We're yeah. hoping to get to 10,000 so we can start making money off this and really expand this podcast. Yeah. And then this is, I would think, after I check the recording, maybe our third successful live stream yeah we're trying to f- clean up the bug so what we appreciate well, i think it definitely sounded good yeah you know we just got to make sure that we're giving some good recordings to jimmy correct he's our editor but we're trying to do our best we want to make it we really want to make it great for our listeners so we can ask have a good debate good conversation discuss the issues and then we like to read some of the questions back from our listeners so i'd like to thank maddie for doing that and we're going to try to keep this up and keep it going All right. Yeah. So everybody have a good day and we'll talk to you guys soon. And take it easy and keep listening to Ubali Reports and let your friends know about Ubali Reports.